Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. So I'm going to just kick this bad boy off. We've done a lot of work here over the last eight months in trying to fully automate quality assurance, I think, for the smaller contact center, right? I don't think we're, you know, the, the enterprise guys have so many different tools and they're doing so many different things that we saw that there's a need kind of in the, with that smaller contact center. And we're, we're saying under 100 seats. You know, I talking to Chris Mounts, who's on here too at Value Agent, and he, he talks a lot about how you know, there's so many of these smaller contact centers that are still using Excel spreadsheets, right? They're still using uh, Google Sheets. And, you know, there, there's kind of a, a need, I think, if you can give them a, a tool, can look to automate with ChatGPT, give them some type of, of better reporting aspect, that's kind of what we did about seven, eight months ago, or at least we set out to do it. And let me guys throw this too. This is a full AMA. So if anybody has any question at any time, raise your hand. I'll bring you up. We can have a conversation. We can talk this through. Um, but I want to give you some of the cool stuff that we have found out, that we have figured out, especially when it comes to prompting, especially when it comes to how does ChatGPT utilize transcripts in the best way uh, for for listening for specific things like how do you listen for empathy? How do you how do you try to how to try to score things that are unseen? Like is did an agent go to the right screen on their computer to find this information or did they click this box that we can't see in a transcript? How do we how do we deal with some of that? Um, and then also just some of dealing with some of the uh, I guess the nuances of ChatGPT and how it thinks. Right. So the amount of different testing that we've done over the last seven months has been insane. Like we 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 have taken notes like I really almost want to write a book on on all of this. But I have like 15 things that I want to talk to you guys about that I think are super cool in what we learned from the prompting aspect of ChatGPT. And, and again, I am a full open book. We have our own product. If you want all these prompts, if you want our static prompt, I will give you everything like I think that's a, the other thing too. I'm not here to hide anything. Um, so anything that – if anything is of interest to you or even you want to play with it on the desktop version that you have with some of your calls, you know, knock yourself out because I, I know that these prompts that I'm going to talk to you work. So just the quick overview of how we do this is we have a SaaS product that we basically take a call and as soon as we analyze that call, it goes out. To a company called DeepGram, it gets the full transcript of the call. The call then comes back, looks at our static prompt, looks at all the context that we did throughout each of the questions, has specific outputs that we want, 
goes out to ChatGPT, it quote unquote thinks, it comes back, and then we get an output. And you guys, if you want to know what the outputs look like, just go look at my LinkedIn. Um, you'll see a bunch of how the outputs look. We've decided that the best outputs, at least to start with, are the actual scoring of every question. What are four ways that the agent did well? What are four things that the agent could improve upon? The in the, the call summary, and then kind of just that overall score with customer and agent sentiment as well. But let's talk about some of these prompts and some of the things that if you're planning on doing this or some of the things that we have found. So number one is less is more for easy questions. So if you have a greeting um, or if you want to collect an email address, did the agent collect an email address? Right. That's really all you want to say. You don't want to get we, we tried to do these kind of elaborate things for everything. And it just confused it for the 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 shorter type black and white binary questions. So the. That's pretty easy. But let me say this. The word explicitly um, is like ingrained in ChatGPT. So if you use the word explicitly, and sometimes we would use ChatGPT to help us with developing some of the prompting for each of the questions, um, it would be absolutely exact. So if there was anything off, like like one of the things was uh, explicitly – Please make sure that the, the agent ex- explicitly says, thank you for calling customer service. If there was anything off, if there was a pause, it would score it as a, as a zero or a no. So we have found that if you want to be exact, you don't, you don't have to really tell it to be exact. Um, just give it kind of that general deal and, it, and it, it works much better unless you have something like a disclosure, right? Like you can't go off, you can't have a, a T dotted, um, or, or, or a, a T crossed and an I, like it's all got to be, sorry, I muted myself. Sorry, I muted myself. It's all going to be perfect. So um, be careful about being too explicit when you want to have something exact. Most of the time, if you just tell it and give it kind of the, the rough example, it will work. Now, this is the cool stuff, right? So how do you, how do you have ChatGPT when it's looking at just a transcript? Talk about empathy. Like that was, that was something that was big for me. And, you know, you could just say, um, well, we want the agent to say, I'm so sorry for you to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear that. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened right now. You could do that. And it's pretty generic because those, those kind of conversations can come up in a lot of different instances. But what we have found better is, is to kind of use a lot of if then statements when it comes to the more thinking type questions. So, you know, we'll say something and, and let me actually, I'll pull the actual prompt, um, pull the prompt up. Give me one second here. <clears throat> um, I'll pull it up in a second. But basically what we say is, hey, can you look in the transcript, um, look in the transcript and find out any instances where the customer seems distressed, where they said something that was, that, that was, had a negative sentiment, that was, that was not positive. And then after you have found that, then we want to make sure that the agent isn't using kind of just a basic scripted response, but that they're actually using some words in there that correlate directly to what the customer has said. So we're not looking for specific keywords like the agent must say, I'm so sorry for you to hear that, right? We, we got a little general with, with what, what could be said by the agent as long as it kind of correlated back to the actual problem and that the agent was actively listening for that. I have a full, if you guys, again, if you go on my LinkedIn, I think yesterday I posted like these five kind of core prompts. I have the exact full prompt 
for empathy and what we did there. And it works every single time. Um, so again, I would ask you or, or, or implore you, if you don't believe me, take that prompt, go play with it on the desktop, take a call recording. Um, I think that was something that was really cool for us to kind of finally figure out to just try to, because we were always trying to do something different. Like we know we can just say, Hey, can you find this in a recording? But how do you take it to the next level um, to really kind of use the use case that we want? So I think that that was interesting. Um, the other thing, and I'm just kind of all over the board here. These are all random is, is don't tell ChatGPT to tell you when something is not there. Now, it can do that. And let me give you an example. But it would get confused a lot when we would say certain things like, uh, please score this with full points if this is a, a sales call or a retention call. But score it as an NA if it is a password reset call. right? And ChatGPT would consistently get confused with what was what, even though we, we've done some things with even selecting what different call types can come in. So, and again, for, for our platform, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have skills set up for, you know, sales, retention, password reset that you could have one skill that comes in and we have a way to know, ChatGPT will know what type of call it is and then what questions that correlates to it. But we were trying to tell it too much information and it would get crazy confused. So what we found is that you don't have to tell it NA, you just have to tell it for what it's looking for. And if that stuff's not there, it will do and, and it will score it as an NA, if that makes sense. So, you know, please only score this if it is a sales or retention call. And then you kind of leave it at that at the end of the prompt. Don't tell it. To, and if it's not their scored NA, it got crazy confused. And that was super frustrating because we're like, dude, we're telling it exactly what we want. Um, but it would get it would get frustrated with that. So that's that's a tip for there. And I think that's like that's more the analytics, right? You always when you're looking at like advanced speech analytics, it's very easy to find things that are there, but it's more difficult to kind of look for things that aren't. And I think that that kind of maybe is a little bit of a crossover why it why it gets confused. Um, the other thing that I think is is pretty cool is how do you prompt for the unseen, right? Meaning an agent has to move on to a certain you know part of their computer screen. They have to get a certain part of information, uh, certain. Uh, piece of information they have to click on a click on a box and I do actually want to pull the prompt up here give me one second because I think this this one baffled us for a really long time and I'm not saying it's perfect because it's never going to be perfect if it's something that we can't find in the um, in the actual transcript but I think it's pretty darn close and it has given us the uh, kind of the outputs that I think we, we've wanted on, on a vast majority of the calls. All right, give me one second. Let me pull this bad boy up. I don't know. I thought I had it up, but I deleted it. Um, all right. One sec. Pull this post up. All right. So <clears throat> for scoring for the unseen... We basically say things, and again, this prompt is in that uh, that post that I did the other day. Is well, what what can what do we know? You know, if, if an agent has to get some specific information from a specific part of a screen, we know certain things like there's there's a promptness in providing that information, right? So if we say, 
Um, all right, let me, I need to pull that up or, or, you know, something along those lines. If there's, if there's a, a delay in the, in the actual talking, we can kind of see that, yeah, they're probably not being able to find that piece of information quickly. Can they transition between topics? Like if there's a, a big change in topic. And again, if the question is, um, did the agent, uh, read the proper disclosure or, or did the, let's, let's say, did the agent, um, find the information for the dishwasher, right? And so the cust- if the customer is, is saying, have a problem with my dishwasher, and there's four seconds, five seconds, six seconds where the agent is trying to find that information, right? And the question is, did the agent quickly find the information? We know that if that's going to be kind of a yes or a no. Again, is that perfect? It's not perfect. Um, but I think that you kind of get the idea of, of the transition between topics, you know, confirmation of actions, um, Minimal need for correction. So there, there's a couple things in that prompt that basically said, how quick did that did that agent really find this information? Um, now things like, did they click the 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 box for opt out of email? Um, we actually look for a little bit of a delay. So if, if a customer, if if that's a question, um, and the the, the Agent says, hey, would you like to opt out of, of our email? And the, the customer says, yes, I do. If the agent says, okay, and they wait like a second, all right. Like things like that, we've been able to kind of find in, in all of this kind of data that we think gives a pretty good representation um, of, of seeing the unseen and doing the best that we could possibly do without right now having AI be able to go onto the actual you know computer for what we're doing. And actually seeing seeing what we're doing. Um, we we kind of talked about one of the things that we had a huge problem with is that ChatGPT sometimes it, it, let's say we have thirty five questions on a QA form. Um, a lot of times it would not return all thirty five questions, which is a really big issue, right? And it wasn't just NA questions. It wasn't just yes or no questions. There was no real rhyme or reason to why it was not returning. In our JSON uh, output, all the files or all of the questions. We still don't know why that that did happen, but we use the word imperative. Um, we've used we used a lot of different words, but we found that imperative worked the best. So we basically said it is imperative that you return all of the questions in a JSON format, and then you know the whole there's more to that. But basically, telling it imperative we have found and uh, explicitly. Right. Those two words, and I'm sure there's a ton of those words. I'm sure it's not just those two words, but those two words definitely have an impact in your prompting to be exact um, and, and to kind of not go off. So, you know, once we said that, now there was a lot of different ways that we could have done that. We could have said, you know, one of the things we were talking about is, hey, you know, please review how many questions there are at the beginning. Make sure that you answer the same amount at the end. Um, you know, those kind of things. But it, we found that that it took it made the prompt or it made the, the QA form take a little bit too long. So um, that's kind of the route we went in just one little quick sentence and it works and it's worked every single time and we have not had a, had a problem with that since. The other thing that we have found for accuracy and for speed is to tell ChatGPT where to look for certain things in a transcript. So if we, we say things like for the greeting, like the, the caller must, you know, for this specific client, the caller must, uh, or the agent must say, thank you for calling customer service. Uh, please look for that in the first five lines of the transcript. 
So we have found that that has, I don't want to say significantly reduced the, the allotted amount of time that it takes for a, a QA form to come back. But I think it's been more accurate because it's not looking at everything. And it has been a little bit quicker um, the more that we've implemented those type of things. You can do the same thing for the closing, right? Because you're not going to have a closing at the, at the beginning. So why have it read through the entire transcript for all of those things? You know, those th- I really got excited with the thinking questions. The black and white binary, did the agent do this or that? Everybody knows that ChatGPT could handle that. But I think that the nuance to any of these companies that are going to try to do this is how do they handle the the empathy questions? The did the agent do something appropriately throughout the call where it's not just a black and white, but it takes a thought process of maybe multiple sections of the call. And I think that it can be done. I think we've done a really good job with with, with you know. The cool thing about this is being able to test this with our actual customers. So pretty much every single customer we have in our BPO is is utilizing this now. So our QA department, I haven't gotten rid of any QA people or anything like that yet. They are, we're basically scoring a call human beings and they're calibrating it. We're just doing that all day long, all day long, making sure that all of these prompts um, work. We're, we're now kind of, I don't want to say we're hands-free, but we're at a point now where you know, I think the, the core basic prompts that everybody has, right? Everybody's going to have like an opening, a closing. They're going to have a greeting. They're going to have, you know, did the agent use a, have proper tone? Um, did they um, use proper word choices? Did they not use him and ha? Did they not have diminishing language for the company? Like th- these like 10 things that we know work really well or 15 things, you know, are going to be part of every single kind of onboarding. And then obviously you just utilize it and change it and, and, and put it into your company's context and add as many questions in as, as, as you can. Um, but I think writing the book on understanding how to prompt for specific questions, whether it is a thinking question to a, a binary black and white question to um, something that takes a little bit more thought process. Those were the things that I think we feel comfortable about. And that's the magic sauce, right? So that's why I could care less if everybody – you could use, you know, all of our our prompts. I, I I don't care because there's there's going to be certain things that come up that we're going to kind of understand a little bit more. But I also want people to feel comfortable with this technology. I think I think this should be democratized. This this could be you you could be a five seater and just use the the desktop version and have one prompt that has everything, and you could just be hammering out calls by yourself for free every single day. Um, and I would love to see that. Right. I think I think that could be. You know, one option, obviously, we have, a, I think, a slicker version of that. And there's a lot of companies that are coming out with, with slicker versions. This, this isn't just us. Um, but that's the, that's the thought process that kind of goes into it um, from understanding how ChatGPT thinks to get the best result and to get the most consistent results. Um, and I would say now, again, like I said, all of our QA department is, is utilizing this for, for all of our customers. That's kind of our alpha test before we beta. But yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I want to, I'm trying to just look down my list here. Is there any other prompt or anything that else that I thought was, was pretty cool? Um, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys have any questions? I, I appreciate everybody kind of joining here. Hopefully that this was a little bit of insightful a little bit of how has a little bit of insightfulness i think it's it's kind of cool but is there anything you guys have anything any questions um just trying to think of things like you know w- w- we didn't really struggle the we found that i know chat gpt has kind of a and again i'm not a programmer so i'm going to say this wrong but they have a way or a button that you basically click to guarantee a json file output 
we found that that was very restricting. Um, so we, we just prompt for the JSON output in our actual static prompt. Um, and that has worked out ex- much better. And we have uh, a lot of flexibility then to, to make sure that we're, we're getting the right stuff that we want. I thought one of the things that was really helpful, and this is kind of crazy, but just a quick story is there's a, I forget what her name is, but she won the Singapore um, prompting comp- national prompting competition. And I, I was trying to read as much as I could on prompting and kind of how to figure this stuff out. And she had an, an article on Medium and at the bottom it was like, hey, if you want to talk to me, it's like 50 bucks for a half hour. So we've utilized her a couple times at the very beginning a couple months ago that really helped us to understand um, some of the outputs, understanding, you know, just look for certain aspects of the transcript. Don't read the whole transcript every single time. Um, if you know something's at the beginning, at the end, um, understanding that you know, the structure, right, of, of how ChatGPT's quote-unquote mind works. Um, I think all that was extremely helpful when we're, when we're going through our prompting. Um, you know, the, the other aspect, though, there is – oh, Jeremy, yes. <clears throat> Let me bring you up, bud. All right, Jeremy, you're muted, but you're up. Hey, thanks, buddy. Um, I joined a little bit late, so apologize if you spoke about this already and I missed it. I, I'm just curious if there's anything that you found from you know any of your clients where it's like, ah, you know what, a human still needs to do this part. There's a certain type of process or policy or question that um, that it just doesn't have the needed information. You know, maybe some sort of a if then this then that. Maybe there's something in the record history that it doesn't have access to, yep. or you know, anything along those lines. Yeah, and I, and I think it just does go back if you if we have a client that is very heavy into um, things that are happening on their computer screen, right? Like they have to be in a certain field, they have to make sure that certain things are clicked. We're going to really struggle with that right now. Um, you know, the the visual aspect. I mean, we don't have any of that. I mean, not that we couldn't, but we're, I mean, I'm not even. Um, we're, we're saying totally on a transcript. So I think, I think that there's a lot to this, right? Number one is there is a security aspect to this, right? There, to, to be perfectly fair, I think using the the API um, version of ChatGPT, I feel much better on the security aspect than if we were just obviously we would never use just the desktop. But um, but I still think that from a masking standpoint, from a PCI standpoint, I don't know if I feel comfortable working. Right now with, you know, financial services clients to, to have credit card numbers and all that stuff. Um, now I think that it, it probably is totally fine. But again, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a thought that we would really have to think through. Um, the other thing is again, I, I just think it is, I, as long as something is in the transcript, we've been able to figure out really unique ways, um, to be able to score that call. The other thing is we can't rate. It's not as, as accurate, but I'm starting to feel like it can be an offering because it's, it's, it's accurate enough where, you know, some QA forms have like a one through five, right? Like score this on a, on a, on a scale. So we're looking at that, but I think that those, I think there is a little bit of a, of a, there's going to be some customers that are, that are nervous from the security aspect that they're not going to want this. They're going to want a human being to do it. Uh, But the other thing is if, if you have more than, you know, 20% of your, your questions are not in the actual transcript and it has to be a transactional thing on a computer screen, then we're going to stink at that too. If that, if that kind of answers your question. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you. All right. All right. Let me bring you up. All right, Chavi, gear up. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for uh, this session. Uh, same as Jamie, I apologize. I joined a little, uh, little late. But uh, as a follow-up to Jamie and also a question for you. Uh, so on our side, we've been uh, leveraging the, auto, the uh, chat GPT API to do some automated uh, quality. And I think it's very important, like you mentioned earlier, to add in a lot of context before you even ask it the questions that are related to the QA form, provided the intro and what it is that you're giving it, like this is a transcript or this is a call or this is a chat or whatever. And then within that context, also what we've learned is we've been having to provide it a whole bunch of guardrails. If there is this, do not bring it into your analysis. If there is that, do not bring it into your analysis. Either like ignore it or whatever, and even more than guardrails, we've been having to tell it things like use constructive language, do not use negative terms like mediocre or poor or weak. So we've been having to be very specific with it in terms of contextualizing as much as possible. So when we do finally ask it the question that is linked to the quality assurance form, it's got all that context before it answers it. In addition to that, to Jeremy's point, uh, what is it that ChatGPT can do that we have to rely on a quality analyst to do? We've started to tell it, if this conversation is too complex for you to provide us constructive feedback, please flag it so we can have one of our quality analysts look at it. So we're basically telling ChatGPT to help us identify which calls should be reviewed by a human in order to help provide more analysis and more constructive feedback to the rep or to the manager of that rep to improve. So I wanted to learn from you about all that context that you've been providing to auto yeah. guardrails. How did you add them within the logic? So I will tell you this. We, we did ask for a confidence score um, with ChatGPT. So, you know, we basically said, can you, you know, rate this transcript, rate the, um, the output that you have on a scale of one to 10. And if it, you know, I forget what we said. This was at the beginning when we started testing the different questions. But if it was like below a five, then kind of flag that because you don't feel comfortable or confident that you could score this call, either from a complexity standpoint, the transcript was garbled, you know, something like that. Um, we also found that we would ask confidence score as we're testing for every single question. And that also found what prompts we were struggling with. Um, and it, there was kind of a direct correlation to answer your first question. Um, I, we really have not found too much of that. Now, like our, our static prompt is basically, you know, you're the, we go into it just like a regular deal. Like you're the head of quality assurance. You oversee scoring for, for quality. Um, you will define the type of list um, as the call. We just kind of define what we want our output. So one is going to be the call type. So if it's a sales call, a retention call, we want to know that. Um, we basically tell it um, to give an agent and a customer sentiment score. We um, ask it, you know, to add that to the JSON output. Um, we we talk about the scoring being a number, being an NA. Um, 
a, a yes, a no, and an NA. We kind of go through that. Um, we talk again. We talk about the outputs of, of four ways that they did well, four ways that they did poorly, um, and then we we actually we ask for the call summary in that in that that as well. But we have not really done any type of guardrails, especially in the summary, um, and not we found that it really hasn't, you know, said anything derogatory or poor. Um, you know, when it comes to the actual summaries, <laughs> we do ask for we're calling it the uh, the rationale right now. So if if the, if ChatGPT it does the summary, if it scores it as a yes, like it got gave it full points. We don't really we don't say anything, but if it scores it as a no or an NA, then we have like a little question mark next to the the question where we can look at that and it will tell us why it scored it as a no. Um, and a lot of times that will be kind of part of the prompt as well that we're kind of because we wanted to know you know what what piece of that question it it did not it didn't like. Um, but after that, it's just each question has its own. We're calling it context, but the context is just the mini prompt. To find that question. Um, and then that's basically, and then we just define the output of how we want the JSON file to look like. And then that's how we get the output for each of the of the call um, scoring form. So again, I from a guardrail standpoint, I, I've not and I don't know, I've done I don't want to say a thousand of these, but hundreds upon hundreds of these myself. The call summaries have been pretty much on point with what the call is, black and white. Um, we added in there too, please in the call summary, you know, talk about if the agent did not do something where the points were taken off so that, you know, that that QA person can kind of read that and look at that. You know, it probably does mean a lot based on the, um, you know, how complicated and how complex that, you know, the calls are. You know, I mean, we're talking about BPO you know, financial services, retail, tech support, um, you know, those type of, of kind of, I don't know, say four to 10 minute type calls um, that a lot of them, you know, are, are extremely binary and they're yes, no type question. Now we have one client that has seven different call types that come in that have seven different um, types of different calls that all have different scoring and questions that correlate to different types of calls. We've been able to kind of figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I really haven't seen too much kind of derogatory language or, or those type of things, you know, with the, with the outputs, but I'm going to probably look out for it maybe a little bit now. You got me freaked out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we've, how we've at least structured the, the regular prompt, which is pretty straightforward. And I think the meat and potatoes of it though, is the, is the figuring out the the context or the prompting for each of the questions to get a proper response, an accurate response, and a consistent response. So I hope that that helps you a little bit. Yeah, let me bring it up. All right, guys. Well, hey, I don't know. That's really all that I have. I appreciate it. I hope that that was helpful. Um, we'll continue to kind of do this. I think it's been interesting to – to kind of go down this path. And then I know there's a lot of you who are interested in this stuff too. And it's, it's a lot of fun to talk with you guys. So again, thank you guys very, very, very much. If you have any questions, just, uh, just hit me up. Thanks guys. TikTok, what's up? Um, 
Does anybody have any – you guys have any questions on prompting, on AI, on quality assurance? Um, let me know.